Well, welcome everyone to a series of conversations we're going to have on how do we really experience healing on the inside? And I think that's a really important question in our culture right now because so many people are dealing with issues related to mental and emotional health. And I have conversations with people all the time where they feel stuck in things from maybe happened to them from the past. And I can't think of a better person to have this conversation with than my good friend, Dr. Joe Johnson. And <laughs> Joe and I have gotten to know each other over the last... Oh, about 12 years now. Yeah. We've gotten to be good friends. Yeah. And I met Joe uh, when he was teaching a class at a church I was working for in Virginia on inner healing. And it was in my 20s, and I had been running pretty fast at that point in my life and hadn't really looked inside very much. Yeah. And that was a moment that God used in my life to really open me up to the inner journey that God wanted to take me yeah. on, how God might want to heal some things that were broken inside that I didn't even know were there. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for the friendship that we've had, the long-term friendship we had, how you've been a mentor and become a father in the faith to me, a, a brother that's encouraged me in the journey and been grateful that we've gotten to be a part of the same kind of small group online for the last mm. eight, 10 years or so. Yeah. With some other pastors. Zoom, yeah. And so we get to meet monthly, and that's just been a really uh, gift, a big gift in my life. Mm. And excited to share Joe and the wisdom that he's experienced over five decades of ministry uh, with you on this topic, because I've seen you be someone that's just so gifted in helping people have a safe place to heal mm. on the inside. And so, Joe, why don't you just share a little bit about your story and how you've experienced some of that healing inside of you and your spiritual journey for those who might not have met you before. Okay. Uh, I really like being with you, Corey. Mm -hmm. And I love your family, your three daughters, and feel like a grandpa mm -hmm. to them, been with them when they were little. Uh, I've been on a journey that the, the last decade of my life, the, uh, I call it a joy journey, mm -hmm. joyful journey. But it started uh, the journey and with Jesus I've, I've known Jesus all my life, but uh, I invited Jesus into my heart when I was 13, mm -hmm. and I was so happy that I rode my bike all around Cannes, South Dakota, and <laughs> and it was so good to not feel guilt and, and have, know that I was forgiven. Uh, lots of encounters with Jesus along the way. I didn't learn about healing, inner healing, until the 70s mm -hmm. uh, when I was pastoring my first uh, congregation in Long Beach, California. And there I, I got in touch with my father, uh, father wound. And, um, and so that has uh, been the, the gifting we may talk about in an, another later, but uh, in my life that is, I'm, uh, God redeemed that loss. Mm. And, uh, but I, so, uh, uh, and now in this season of my life, I see I'm, I'm celebrating eight decades this next month, and mm -hmm. I, I like to celebrate the whole month if I can, <laughs> and get free desserts, whatever. No, we don't eat out as much, but uh, so. Um, and this journey, actually, the last thirty years uh, in the whole area of brain science has been a journey of discovering the part where the role of joy. And, and our brain and the way God wired our brain. And this neuroscientist named Alan Shore, he wrote, he started, and he's called the, the, the Einstein of brain science and psychiatry. And he, as they now can, can have a scan of a live brain, they, what they found, uh, the way that God wired the brain and the, 
was the best word that they could describe it was joy. And that's this feeling that I get when you light up. With this, I see you and there's a sparkle in your eye. You're glad to be with me. And that is a fuel for emotional health. And so my job description now is to be a free agent of joy and to spread joy wherever I can. And joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and all, but it's also an emotion I feel when I'm with someone who's really glad to be with me. And then Jesus is always glad to be with me. So. I've learned how to pray and connect people to Jesus' presence. Yeah. And that's that's one thing Jesus was really clear about is that he came to share his joy with us. I told you these things that's so right. you don't know my joy yeah. in John 15. And so as you've been growing in this journey of, of learning to experience more joy and how God's designed us for joy, I think we live in a culture where there's so uh, often little joy. It's a, a low joy culture. There's so many issues people are dealing with with um, real mental health, emotional health issues, yeah. um, depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts, especially in the next generation. And so what are some ways that you think we can build joy strength? Like how can we actually build a stronger foundation of joy in our life and grow in our mental and emotional health? If that's the way God has designed us. It's important to know that joy is not the same thing as happiness. Yeah. Uh, Joy is a feeling of happiness, but it's relation. It's based on relational. Mm-hmm. It's relational that I and I don't. I can be happy that I get to be with you, and that would feel joy. Uh, but I could also be happy that we're going to have pizza for dinner or something. And so that happiness is circumstantial, but joy is relational. We see that in the Bible, or Jesus, or like in the Psalms, where. Well, the writer says, "In your presence, there is fullness of joy," mm-hmm. and I—it's really been—I really enjoyed this uh, finding joy in the Bible. It's everywhere, oh. and and uh, and so the the presence of Jesus and knowing that He's glad to be with me is the best joy, mm-hmm. and and the unwrap one unwrap to that presence of Jesus gratitude. And it's a, it's it works really well. I I, I enter to his gates with thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and his courts with praise. So I come. I, it's it's a, like a password into God's presence. That's in the message, but it's an on ramp. And so I, when I start feeling grateful, and sharing that with Jesus, and he, I I I get this inner smile, <laughs> and it kind of becomes a little inner giggle, <laughs> mm-hmm. like this. And uh, if I give expression to it verbally. So, uh, and I've got lots of ways that I can spread joy. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that for people maybe that are newer to the journey of, of connecting with Jesus and maybe expressing gratitude to him? I think some people, they know what Jesus did 2,000 years ago to, to die on the cross for their sins yeah. and rise from the dead to now be with us and to give us a place in heaven. But sometimes the, the, the practice of connecting with Jesus now can be mysterious for people. Yeah. You talked about sharing appreciation with him. So what are some ways that you've grown your connection with Jesus, experienced him being glad to be with you? Understanding uh, Emmanuel, God is Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and it helps to know that he was a, Jesus was a human person. Mm-hmm. And I do prayer imagery with people where, and for myself, I mean, Jesus is here right now, and I can talk to him as a person. But we've not learn so to do so well is to hear what his re- listen for his response when I share grateful mm-hmm. 
And so I'm grateful to be with you today. And then I say, well, Jesus, what, what's your response? Uh, uh, that God has put me to great to be with you and Daniel helping us today. And thanks, Daniel. He's yeah. behind the camera. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think uh, I. It's daily bread for me to know that the Father loves me, mm -hmm. and so I pray this prayer in the morning. Thank you, Father, for adopting me as your child. And I like to connect to each person of the Trinity. They're, each one is person is glad to be with me and loves me. Um, thank you, Jesus, you're my friend. And Holy Spirit, thank you for being my helper. Mm. So those prayers of gratitude uh, are the best way to, to feel that joy. So talking to Jesus, do you, is that something you do in your heart or something out loud or just kind of depends on the moment? Um, Good question, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's often silent. Yeah, silent prayer. Uh, if I'm not in a hurry that during you have to get up and get going, I will spend some time before I get out of bed mm -hmm. and uh, pray some great grateful and help me Jesus prayers too. But um, so just simple prayers that help you yeah. be consciously aware of His presence yeah. and that you can receive Him being glad to be with you. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I've learned from you is just a simple way of praying, praying that is called breath prayers. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that in a way of just how that can help us connect with God and, and grow our joy strength? Breathing helps when I focus on some deep breathing or I, I can maybe even just put my hand on my tummy and, and feel my body go up and down. And, and that's a healthy, helps me to breathe deeply and it's really healthy healthy for our emotion and just being able to calm but i combine breathing noticing my breath inhaling and exhaling uh that i um it's just good it's just good health in terms of regulate my emotions and there's a, in fact there's two parts of our nervous system the sympathetic and the parasympathetic and one is more a high energy like when you get startled <gasps> And then there is a more low in energy. And actually, this is a fun one to do exercise. <laughs> it's called Shalom My Body by Jim Wilder. It's so startling little babies when they start, they go, <gasps> and so that's that. that's my sympathetic nervous system. And, and then I pray, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. <gasps> so I, there's, there's the joy, sympathetic, and then the parasympathetic. And whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. And actually, we had it in the old computers. We had something you had to defrag the computer, get things mm -hmm. regulated. Yeah. And it helps to regulate. We need joy, and also we need peace. Mm -hmm. They come together. Because like with babies, you know, they weren't glad to be with us, but they if they get a little, right, they'll turn their face away. And it's too much, too much joy contact. Mm -hmm. So you get overwhelmed. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then you need to come back to a calmer place. Exactly, and then breathing and, and praying my with the, when my my breathing mm. helps me to do that. And so when you you breathe in and breathe out, it's actually can be when you're conscious of God, it's a way of praying. Yes. And so where does that idea come from in the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you talked about that with me last night, actually. Right? I was thinking, where, where did I, where did I, what did I say? <laughs> well, let me remind you. Yeah. It, was, it was great. You're talking about the word for spirit in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the there same, it is. Yeah. Same word as breath. Yeah, ruach, a Hebrew word, yeah. or 
breath is the same word for spirit. Mm -hmm. So I'm breathing in the life of Jesus, the life of God, inhaling, receiving his love. Mm -hmm. And exhaling is just uh, calming. Actually, in my brain, serotonin is, rele is, is released in the brain when I exhale slowly. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and so that would be, I mean, uh, breath and the spirit, same thing. Mm -hmm. And so by, it's a way of being aware. Actually, we need to notice our bodies, too, to have joy mm -hmm. and, and notice other emotions. Yeah. And, and uh, we learn how to get back to joy. Too. Yeah, so that uh, breathing is a way of actually resetting us and yeah. in relationship with God. And um, I know you have you have some favorite breath prayers that you like to do just to connect with Jesus. Yeah. I think finding a way, just a truth that you can breathe in of God's love, a promise to you, and then exhaling, breathing out the, the stress or the burdens, yeah. just the tension. I know in my life, sometimes <clears throat> I, I carry around stress in my chest. I don't even realize there. And so taking a deep breath and breathing in a promise from God can be really resetting for me and then breathing out that burden. And I think this skill that we need to develop in our life of returning from negative emotions is, is really important. I know for a long time, I wasn't even aware I had negative emotions. I'm a pretty positive person and I'm, I'm a high performance kind of person. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't until I experienced some brokenness in my life that I began to pay attention to my inner world. And so you've been a help to me to understand kind of how do we return to joy from negative emotions? I think a lot of people struggle with that. So could you talk more about that process? How do we become aware of the negative emotions inside of us and deal with them? I like to call them big emotions or unpleasant emotions, but uh, that's a tweaking that a little bit. But we need a vocabulary and identifying, I actually memorized the definitions of different feelings. And there's something about being able to name it is to validate it, and that's a big step in getting back to joy. Mm -hmm. I'll have to say, oh, yeah, I lost my peace today. Mm -hmm. um, but peace is, is another feeling, but it's not one of the six big emotions, but it's being sad, angry, disgust, shame, uh, afraid, or uh, what's the other D? Despair. despair, yeah. And hopeless despair is like, can be depression, and where but, does that come from? What's what's despair come from? Lot, it's a lot. I don't feel like I've got resources. This is overwhelming to so handle this. Overwhelmed and feel like you yeah. don't have enough. And I'm not sure I have what it takes as a as a pastor. And I'm not sure. I was wondering, do I have what it takes to be a pastor? And so learning to name that, validate that, maybe some fear okay. and uh, and naming it. And we have is this. So that helps, to, and so the recovery in, in the emotion, it doesn't mean I need to stop feeling it, but I, but I am sharing it with Jesus, and, and I can be my best self even though I'm afraid. Oh. Uh, uh, but I, I, um, I have ways of dealing with each emotion. I think I learned it. I need, need to learn from other people how they process anger and help, what's that helps them be their best self when they're feeling angry. Mm -hmm. And there's something called the enemy mode that we can get into that's I wanna win. Mm -hmm. And it, it happens when I feel like you're not on my side. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, and so I need to, not, okay, notice that. Oh, I lost my peace there when I was feeling angry. And I learned to push the pause button and so that I don't 
I don't say it gets stupid. <laughs> so no, you're not reacting out of anger. That's right. Or out of fear. Yeah. Those kind of yeah. the negative emotions. And then maybe call myself, you know, learn to take a breather and those things that help me. Naming my losses is really helpful, I think, to mm. get to get from because sadness I've lost something mm. and 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 hopeless despair I've lost hope or my life meaning for my life. So okay, what are my losses? And I can and then I that helps me just say, Oh, that that's a loss of that feel that sadness and do it with Jesus and and just validate it. Oh yeah. And um somehow when I since I'm sharing it with Jesus, that really helps. Uh and and I can feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit, my Holy Spirit's uh, my helper. Um and then I've learned to identify what's going on with me. What's happening when I lost my peace? Well, mm -hmm. Um, and I get curious about what's going on in my heart, right. and uh, and what do I, 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 I and most often will be if I get an enemy mode, a non-relational mode, is I feel like I'm alone in this. You're not on my side, and it's all feeling a, uh, I want to have the last word. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's when spiritual discipline Dallas Willard taught. Yeah. Uh, situational silence. I don't have the last word. And that means I don't have to win, uh, and that because if I'm about winning, that means that you got to lose. So that all is a part of getting, experiencing joy in the midst of of different feelings. And not having to win means that we have a deeper sense of security from belonging to God and and knowing His love that we don't have to win and find our value, yeah. there, which can be tough for us sometimes. Yeah. But very freeing. And so yeah. you talked about this inner process that I think is really significant. You talked about validating the negative emotions. Right. I think sometimes as Christians, we, we read things like don't be anxious about anything. Yeah. And so we shame ourselves for having those that anxiety or that fear. We think we shouldn't have it. Yeah. Where the verse <clears throat> is really talking about don't remain in anxiety. Yeah. And how we get unstuck is actually validating it, like naming naming the bad feeling. And then the next thing you did is talking about being curious, like actually what's behind that? Yeah, what's in my heart going on? Yeah. yeah. And then connecting, like the way to recover is, is to connect with God about the feeling and, and help him remind you of what's true, like seeing it from his perspective, which doesn't make the bad feeling go away, but lets you know you're not alone. Exactly. And that's what gets you back to joy. Because yep. I think that's a brilliant point. I think sometimes we've we've heard the teaching that, Maybe joy is a choice, uh, and yeah. and really the choice that we can make is to to turn towards God or someone who right. we trust to share it, because joy comes from the experience of someone being glad to be with us. Right, exactly. If you know Jesus, He is always glad to be with us. Yeah. That's the good news of how loving and compassionate and merciful God really is that that Jesus shows us in the Bible. Um, and then learning to develop friendships where we can be vulnerable yeah. and experience that too. And you, you've been uh, a friend to me over my journey. I'm so grateful for that. Thank and you. Just love being with you and I'm grateful you're sharing this with, with others. Cause I think it's, it's really important that in the, especially for those of us who are Christian and learning to follow Jesus, recognize that Jesus is inviting us to a relational revolution. Like to actually build joy in community together where we can celebrate the, the, the amazing things, the gifts of, of life and the home runs that we experience. 
and we can also share our weakness. And those are both so important. So could you talk a little bit more, more about that side of it? I know you spent a lot of time in the, what's known as the joy stream, which is the combination between neuroscience and, and, and Christianity. And Holy Spirit. And, and experiencing the Holy Spirit. And so could you talk about how maybe the Holy Spirit helps us build that kind of community where we experience joy, that this relational revolution uh, that God wants us to be a part of? Well, just uh, that reference to you from Philippians 4, don't be anxious. The verse that comes before that is the Lord is near. So uh, that's, uh, I'm, with Jesus is with me, I can go through suffering, but it doesn't become trauma because yeah. I'm not alone in it. Yeah. And so... The, so trauma's when we're, we suffer and we're alone. We feel alone. Mm. And, and, and maybe no one's on my side, too, but that would be... <clears throat> the, um, the, there are some exercises that help me to... to I, talked, I talked this morning with the men's group about looking at gratefuls and not gratefuls and finding, finding the gratefuls. And it's helpful like, to start with them but naming the not gratefuls that you got gratefuls would be consolation. This is Ignatius and not gratefuls is uh, desolation. Yeah. So let me pause right there. Yeah. I think that's a great framework that we can dig into a little bit more because it's very practical. Yeah. And you mentioned Ignatius, who is a historical figure in the, in the church. Yeah who helped develop this practice known as the examine that's actually exactly. becoming kind of popular again yeah. in different circles in the church as a spiritual discipline. It's a way of thinking back through your day yeah. and examining your life and bringing it before God. And two categories for that that you mentioned are grateful and not grateful. Yeah. And I think we, uh, we've heard a lot in the kind of the mental health circles that, um, you know, practicing gratitude increases our joy, increases right. our mental health. Right. And that's really important. And then the not grateful is just something sometimes we're not as comfortable with, but it's also important. So can you talk about the importance of both of those things, the the consolation <clears throat> and the desolation, no. the grateful and the, the ungrateful? So the not grateful would be like in the Psalms, a third of the Psalms are prayers of love amend. Mm -hmm. And it's basically not grateful prayers. Mm -hmm. and uh, Like naming the brokenness. Yes. And I hate and the dark that, feelings. Yeah, and uh, the uh, there's uh, the enemy's having his way in our life, and and uh, naming losses. I'm not grateful for. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I was thinking of what I could say. I'm not grateful for, but, um, but it, it, for me, when I name a great not grateful, it's a way of saying giving it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I'm. I'm not. I don't want to camp there. I, I mean, you don't want to camp out in self pity. Yeah, you know? exactly. You want to name it so you, yeah. it doesn't have a hold on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's some freedom, and and I don't have to pretend it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I want to look good, and mm -hmm. and uh, maybe I come out of hiding just to share that with someone else. Um, we need having places where we can share our weakness. Uh, and like we did this morning in the men's group, we just shared things we're not grateful for, and uh, it was an easy way to access some really important things in our lives that people had gone through. Mm -hmm. And one person said that they were grateful they didn't kill himself. And mm -hmm. I mean that you know that's hard stuff. Yeah, um, I'm I'm grateful he didn't too. Yeah, and I think there are probably people watching that 
are in that place. They oh. feel stuck. They feel like there's this cloud of depression or even suicidal ideation oh. on them. How how can they know God wants to be with them? Oh. And how can they get unstuck? What encouragement oh. would you, you give them for that? We've learned so much from depression. We didn't even have a name for it. Mm. And now there's some more freedom to just say it. I'm mm. battling depression. I did a seminar a while back up in Washington, and I invited anyone to share if they have ever been depressed. And the one woman raised her hand. And, and afterwards, she said, I've never told anybody. Mm. And there's a lot of shame and mm. depression. There's, And so we need some places uh, where we can just have someone uh, give words to what we're going through, and and uh, I, mean, I have some questions to help people. When did it start in your life? And and often it's just I've got this anger that I've turned in on myself. But it, we need someone to who actually we can borrow someone's emotional capacity, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. in brain science they call it your big brain. You borrow from what they've experienced, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, and I like right away to lift off pressure from anybody to do more, try harder, because and I have to perform to be loved and deal with those things that uh, that go with depression. And um, like there's this pressure to, to fix it. There it's, is. This depression gets worse because we don't actually have the resources to fix it. And I know that's part of your story too, yeah. is how you've experienced the Holy Spirit and how you've experienced the Father's love has really helped you to build a joy strength even though you struggled with depression in your yeah. life. So could you talk about, for someone who maybe they're still on the edge of trusting Jesus, they, they, they're they still kind of looking at this Christianity thing and like, what is this all about? Like, um, what for you is is the good news for how God cares about us and these, these, this part of our life? Like how have you experienced God and his love? I never get tired of Jesus being tender towards me when I feel weak. Mm. And there's a lot of shame uh, feeling, especially men. You're not supposed to be weak. Um, but there is a sense that when we're depressed, some of the things that normally don't, we do don't work with, with depression. Um, you know, high praise and worship might be hard. Mm. So you listen to some music, worship songs that are not, high energy, that more calming, mm-hmm. and it's very helpful. Um, I'm grateful that I've gotten to know the Holy Spirit as a person, mm-hmm. and I, actually a way of connecting to the Holy Spirit is I don't use the definite article, the Holy Spirit, I just pray to the Holy Spirit when I encounter Holy Spirit as a person. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is a, is a special friend and so <laughs> uh, Heidi Heidi Baker, she would like to talk, talk about her special friend Jesus, and uh, and, I, and I, you know, I thought, well, my Holy Spirit's my friend, and well, Jesus is too. Well, Father is too, and so it's this friendship with Jesus, uh, and I think it's helpful just to say yes to each person of the Trinity. Again, if you're going through depression, some of this you, you just need. Is there any hope for me? My daughter went through depression and and uh, serious, you know, really didn't want to live. And uh, when we were getting some care in our in a 
psychiatrist was talking to us, she asked the question, am I fixable? Mm. And uh, <laughs> it really got to me. <laughs> and we need people to say to us, you're fixable. Mm. You know, I have hope for you. And and help them in just uh, waking up in the heart of them that they stop living when they get went into depression. Mm. And just having someone kind of, you can borrow my faith. And I lift off you any pressure you got to, have faith to make this happen, and you can just—I'll—I'll uh, I'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little off what you asked me, but yeah, no, I think that's good. Yeah. I think for those who are still seeking, how do I have a relationship with Jesus? If Jesus was very clear in his most famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount, that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Yeah. That when we admit our brokenness, our poverty of spirit, that we can't fix ourselves. It gives space for God to come in. And what you're talking about is your relationship with each part of the Trinity, which is beautiful. While you're talking about it, I was just thinking about how the what part of the uniqueness of Christianity is that God is three persons that's always existed in a community. Like yeah. God is love. Yeah. And it, that's not a theory. It's God is a community. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus came to show us exactly what the Father is like, that he's full of love and compassion and grace and mercy. And he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead and is now ascended back to the throne in heaven and now pours out his personal presence, the presence of his spirit on anyone who welcomes him, who says, I I, I can't fix myself. I'm broken. I'm depressed. I'm hopeless. I'm suicidal. I need you, God. Would you come in? And as we begin to open up about our brokenness in community, where we're accepted for who we are, we begin to heal. We begin mm-hmm. to, to grow. And it doesn't make all the bad feelings go away, but we can, yeah. like you said, name them. Yeah. And then return to this joyful place of knowing there's people that are glad to be with me. Yeah. Because these people are learning how to trust this God yeah. who's eternally existed in this community and has come to invite us into yeah. his love. That will last forever, yeah. and that's amazing. I mean, really, it that can give us so much joy and hope when we're going through t- times where we don't see the way out. And I love that phrase you use of, you know, sometimes our friends need to borrow our faith. Yeah. They might be stuck, and they yeah. just need someone to talk to, to be with them, to listen to them, to pray with them, and not just try to fix it. Yeah. And as Christians, those of us who follow Jesus, we need to get better at that. Um to not only believe and trust in the power of God for our salvation and our healing, but for our friends. And we can be that kind of community together. And Joe, I I appreciate how you have given your life to help people have a safe place Mm -hmm. to experience God's love and to share your story with vulnerability. And I'm excited to talk about this a little bit deeper in the next conversation because I think there's some things you've learned about how do we heal from some of the trauma or brokenness that we've experienced in our life. You spent a lot of time working with uh, leaders and Mm -hmm. people that have been through some really dark situations. And you've been somebody that's been willing to go go into those situations as a light in the darkness. So I'm excited to talk to you more about that, what you've learned, and how God can really put the broken pieces back together again Mm -hmm. in our hurting hearts. And so that'll be our next conversation. I hope you'll join us. Thanks for uh, joining into this one. I hope it was an encouragement to you wherever you are um, to really trust this God that loves us so much because he cares about you. Take care, guys.